0: Hey, I'm so glad you're here today <clears throat> on this Memorial Day weekend. I'm glad that you're here. Uh, we are starting a brand new sermon series today. Uh, honestly, I, I, I was really getting into the voice series, and I really didn't want to stop. Uh, but I, I made a commitment this year to stick to my preaching calendar. Um, and so I'm, I'm behaving and going to stick to that. But I do reserve the right later on in the year to bring a couple of the uh, the voice topics that we didn't get to. Uh, we're going to start a new series called Men of the Bible. Men of the Bible, very simple, very plain. Uh, but let me just kind of tell you what uh, this series is going to be all about. First, what I want you to do is I want you to get your connection card out. Everybody get your connection card out. And I'm going to kind of let you know what's coming up over the next few weeks. Um, we're going to be in Men of the Bible until Father's Day. And then... In July, we're starting something that I've never, ever, 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 ever done, and we're doing a series called Hot Topics, and what I'm doing is I'm asking you to tell me what it is that you'd be interested in learning about, and so at the bottom of your connection card, if there's something that you would say, man, I'd really like to hear this taught about or this particular topic or this particular book or this particular passage or Whatever, then jot it down and just make sure I know that this is a hot topic and not a prayer request. So there we go. Um, and, and then July starting the second, Sunday in July, we're going to talk about um, whatever it is that you're talking that, that you're asking about. We're gonna, we'll take three or four of those topics and spend the latter part of the month of July on those hot topics. And I can tell you from those that have already come in, there's one predominant theme. Um, that we may be spending a good bit of time on and I won't I won't give that away Um, and then in August we're going to do a a series called Who Do You Think You Are Um, and it's out of the book of Ephesians and I think you'll really get a lot out of that so that's just kind of what's coming up but this week we're starting Men of the Bible I've got a couple of disclaimers for you for this particular series this Men of the Bible series first of all um, this sermon series is not just for men okay this is not just for men these principles are they're they're for for men and women alike they're fitting for everyone and disclaimer number two how many know just because somebody's in the bible doesn't mean that they're perfect right so we're these men are not perfect we may learn from some of their failures as much as we learn from their successes you understand what i'm saying and now the the other thing is this is not a history lesson I believe that God puts these, when when he put this book together for us, it took 1,500 years, 40 different men and women, to compile these documents that we call our Bible. Um, They're not just for us to learn. There's history there, but this is not a history lesson. This is practical, real-life tools that you and I can put in our toolbox to help us with life. Anybody need some life Help. Well, that book that we're talking about, that, that we talked about this last week, that the Bible, God's Word, is the greatest help you'll ever find. So, here we go. Uh, we're going to talk about Samson today, and may, you may or may not know about Samson. Here's kind of the key verse, and this, this verse may not make a lot of sense right now, but it will in a little while. Samson, six, uh, excuse me, Samson, <laughs> the book of, there is no book of Samson, <laughs> book of Judges, chapter 16 verse 28 then samson prayed to the lord sovereign lord remember me please god strengthen me just once more just so i know anybody ever prayed a prayer like that god I, just one more day just get me through one more day come on somebody yeah <laughs> well let me tell you what samson's going to teach us about today you're gonna like this samson's going to teach us about lust Ooh, and the hush fell turn just just say just say it say lust you don't even like saying it, do you? So here's a question. When I say the word lust, what's the word that pops into your head? My, she, my wife whispered it. How many know there's more, that, that lust encompasses much more than just sex stuff? So we're going to talk about lust. And here, here's, here's a definition if you're taking notes. Lust is uncontrolled desire for three things. Pleasure, power, or possessions. Anybody ever met somebody with a lust for money? They, they'd run you over for a five dollar bill, right? So that's what we're talking about. We're talking about lust. And it, see, maybe for you lust isn't a, a sexual thing, it's a power thing. Or it's a a a, a lust for R and R, it's a lust for. Now, no, there's nothing wrong with vacation, right? But how many know that when it's out of balance, that there's there's a problem there? Are, are you are you with me? Anything out of balance, when it's uncontrolled, can become a problem in our lives. See, there's nothing wrong with good Mexican food. Come on, somebody. If you eat it every day, unless you're Wes Aaron, it will you make you fat. It'll, it'll hurt you. We're talking about uncontrolled desires. So at the onset of this deal, what, what is that for you? For some people, it's shopping. I, am I wrong? For some people, it's social media. You can't put that phone down long enough to have a conversation with a real person. So what is that thing that's uncontrolled In your life, and that's what we're going to talk about. So, if you're taking notes, I want you to start with me and and write this down. Displaced passions result in destructive patterns. While you're writing that down, let me just give you a little background to the story of Samson. If you re- if we're not going to read uh, the whole story because it's about four chapters If you want to read it for yourself judges 14 to about 18 will tell you the whole story of samson But so i'm just going to give you the cliff notes version Samson was born to a, a man and a woman in israel At the time when the philistines were in control of israel Not a great time in israel's history and this particular man and woman could not have children She prayed and god blessed them with a baby. They named him Samson. And Samson was, here's a phrase you may or may not know, was was a Nazarite. Not a Nazarene, a Nazarite. And what a Nazarite was in the Old Testament, and and in some parts of the New Testament, was a man or woman, it could be either one, that took a vow of consecration to God. And that meant several things. You couldn't drink wine. Uh, And in Samson's case, he never cut his hair. His strength was not people say samson's strength was in his hair samson samson's strength was in his vow you know there's a big difference samson's strength was in his vow and so uh, samson grew and was was a judge in israel which is kind of a leader kind of a what you think of a judge but a little different and samson had a problem samson had an issue with the ladies He really did. And we have three different accounts of his his issues with three different women. And and listen, ladies, I don't mean this ugly because we love you. But these particular three women gave him a hard time, gave him some difficulty. Uh, What you'll see about Samson is he had this tremendous strength from his hair. Uh, we, We read in one portion where he kills a thousand men with the jawbone of a donkey. A thousand men. You, it must have been like those, those uh, you know, old martial arts movies where there, you know, one guy beats up nine guys, but they all only come at him one at a time. I don't ever have really understood that. But a thousand men with the jawbone of a donkey. We see him killing wild animals with his bare hands. He was a bad, bad man. He was strong, fierce, but he had a problem with the lady three different women the cold hard truth is uh, they were continually getting him in trouble the ladies the his first wife was a philistine woman and you can read about his this it's a bizarre story so he's he's living at home and he sees this philistine woman and the bible says and she caught his eye in other words it wasn't about her personality it wasn't about her character it wasn't about her integrity she caught his eye. Let I me mean, you know your eye sometime and get you in trouble. And so he married this woman. At His parents were, were upset because she was a Philistine. It wasn't illegal at this point in Israel's history for him to marry a Philistine. They just didn't like it because she was a completely different culture. And 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 his parents tried to say, listen, don't do that. But he did it anyway. And he marries her, and, and it's it gets... It gets him involved with this wager with his countrymen and sometime later he's going home for a little romance and his father-in-law stops him at the bedroom door and says you're not going in there and he's like um excuse me he goes i gave your wife to your best man and so this created yes it's just bizarre this created this unbelievable fury for the Philistines in the heart of Samson. see he she caught his eye but all she really did for him was spur on anger for the people that were around him so that's the, that's the first woman. the second woman was a Philistine prostitute yep and you know there are a lot of people that will say, um that certain things are okay because they're printed in the bible you know just because it's recorded in the history doesn't mean god condones it right and so he shows up at this at this philistine prostitute's house and there's there's this whole group of philistines that are waiting outside for him and so literally under the darkness of night he has to sneak away so there's his first wife there's the philistine prostitute got him in trouble And then there's this lady named Delilah. And you might have heard of Delilah. In fact, depending on which translation you read, it, it reads that Samson fell in love with a woman named Delilah. The Bible never says that she loved him back. In fact, she was conniving. She was evil. In fact, at that time, Delilah was a beautiful name. It meant delicate. Now... Oh, please, are there no Delilahs in here? Are they? There's actually a, an entry in the Urban Dictionary for the name Delilah. And it reads like this. She's Delilah, if, if, she, um, if all her exes are dead or in jail. That's, that's what Delilah means in the Urban Dictionary. All her exes are dead or in jail. Trouble. And she was trouble in the book of Judges. In fact, she took a bribe to sell out her husband and his great strength. Now here's where we're going to talk about Samson. He was a great man, great strength. I'm not sure that his eyes and his love for his his wife, his attraction toward women didn't sometimes cloud his judgment. Because if you read this story, three times she tried to trap him. Three times. And on the fourth time, He's caught, his hair's cut, they gouge his eyes out, and and Samson is in a lot of trouble. So here's here's what I wanted you to hear, is that uh, Samson had a pattern of bad behavior when it came to women. I'm going to tell you that you and I have a pattern. You and I have a pattern of the way we live our lives. And sometimes these passions these lusts that we carry will cause us to develop very destructive patterns any of you that have ever dealt with an addiction that rings true with you sometimes these patterns in our life fueled by lusts and passions create these patterns that take us down a path that we don't want to go and so the, at the onset of this message, here's what I want you to understand. We all have these patterns in our lives. We all have those, those times in our life, those moments in our, in our days when we, we go down paths that we shouldn't go. And, and I'm going to talk to you in just a little bit about how to bust out of those patterns. Let's go on. The second thing I want you to write down is this. Um, ungodly attractions create ungodly allegiance see this pattern change only follows a change of behavior see another if you want something different in your life than you're getting right now how many know you got to make a change something has to change ungodly attractions cause and create ungodly allegiance Uh, judges 14 tells us that god's hand was on his first marriage now how can that be I don't know I'm not God I don't know how it works but the Bible says that God's hand was on that first marriage but here's what we understand we never see that in the other two relationships I'm pretty sure God's hand's not on a relationship with a prostitute I'm pretty sure that that's a, that's the case and, and and Delilah we never see this idea that God's hand was on their marriage so it was a very anti-ungodly attraction with these with these other women and it created it created an ungodly allegiance now listen an allegiance fueled by your attraction to, to for pleasure, for power, or for possessions, will create conflict in your more important allegiances. Let me tell you what I mean by that. If, if I've got allegiances that are ungodly, it'll take me away from my godly allegiances. If I've got an attraction, an allegiance with a woman that's not my wife it'll create an issue with my wife does that make sense and so I'm telling you that these ungodly allegiances will drag you away from the allegiances that you're supposed to have with your spouse with your children with your God how many of you know we can align ourselves with things that hurt our relationship with our father we can align ourselves with things that drag us down and, and take us away from God's plan and purpose for our lives and here's what I need you to know those ungodly allegiances, and we can call them whatever you want to. We can call them addictions. We can call them habits. We can call them. I, I, when I was teaching teenagers, I always called them sticky sins, because it's those things that just just hang on to you. Anybody does that? Does that resonate with anybody? You know what I'm talking about? It, 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 maybe it's 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 something with your eye maybe it's some kind of pride maybe it's some it it really doesn't matter what it is those allegiances those ungodly allegiances listen to this those ungodly allegiances are jealous and they're not satisfied until they consume all of you they're not satisfied until they own you because if they're not maybe this is a simple thought Um, I, I believe that those allegiances either have their, their their foundation in God, or if they're ungodly, there's only one other direction. See, these ungodly allegiances are designed by the enemy to kill you. Those ungodly allegiances, regardless of what what you're aligned to, if it's a substance, if it's a relationship, if it's a habit, its 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 purpose is to kill you. And listen, they're jealous. They want all of you. Now that's sobering, isn't it? But it's true. And any of you that have ever ever dealt with a serious addiction, let me just stop right here and just say how awesome it is for my man Clint Banks to be home. So... I love to see can this be Dwayne for a minute? I love to see when when God does a work in somebody's life and they take these allegiances and and kick them where they're supposed to be kicked. Because here's the deal. The enemy wants them to kill you. They're jealous and they will never be happy. I don't care if it's a drug, if it's alcohol. I don't care if it's pornography. I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's your shopping addiction. I don't care what it is. It's design is birthed in hell to kill you. Spiritually. Or otherwise. So, if, if, if we don't recognize that. If we think, well, it's just, I'm not hurting anybody. It's not that big a deal. It is a big deal. If you're attracted to something that's ungodly, you, you gotta, we're gonna talk about how you bust that in just a little while, but you gotta make a plan. You gotta have a plan to, to not let that consume your life. Because it won't be satisfied until it does. Take a note, write this down. Uncontrolled desires can detour God's plan. Samson had a plan. God told his family that he was going to be responsible for helping defeat the Philistines. And he did, in many ways. I told you he killed a thousand men with a donkey's doll, a, a junkie, a doll bone. I'm trying not to say it in the King James way. And I'm getting in trouble. But here's what happens. After Delilah has his, his hair cut and, and Delilah sells him out, he's, he's captured and humiliated in this godless, idolatrous temple. And his hair had started to grow back and he prays this prayer that I read to you just a little bit ago. Sovereign Lord, remember me. Please God, strengthen me just once more. And and he, he stands between two pillars and 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 pushes these pillars down and the Bible says that 3,000 Philistines died in that temple that day. So, can I tell you, I didn't say you could defeat God's plan because how many know you're not that powerful but when we align ourselves with these things it can detour God's plan see I don't believe that that was ever the plan for for Samson to stand there humiliated with his eyes bugged out but because he aligned himself with in a place we didn't need to be aligned the the plan of God got detoured but here's the beautiful part about our God that we serve I, just so I know I'm I, that we're all on the same page how many of you would ever say that, that there was a time in your life when you knew God had a plan and you blew it woo look at all those hands aren't you glad that God doesn't treat us like we treat other people aren't you glad that when you blow the plan that God gives you a brand new plan and see that's that's what happened it, it didn't look like it might have looked had he not made some very fatal mistakes. But you can't stop God's plan. Listen to me, I don't care what you've done, who you've done it with. God's got a plan for your life. He plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you hope and a future. God's got good Now and now listen, I'm just saying if if we can know that on this side of the detour, let's be smart. Let's align ourselves with the things of God and not the stuff that the enemy has called us to 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 kill and steal and destroy. And then lastly, decisions fueled by ungodly desire can be disastrous. Now, uh, Samson made four decisions with Delilah. She said, How can I tell me the secret of your strength? And so he lied. And if you read this story, Delilah had him set up and the Philistines jumped on him and because he lied his strength was still with him and he was able to overcome the Philistines that had attacked him shouldn't that have been enough shouldn't that have been enough to go this Delilah chick is no good she is trouble but she did it again and he lied again and sure enough here comes the Philistines they pounce on him he's strong and mighty and bust his way out you think okay twice fool me once shame on me fool me twice no four times and the fourth time it cost him his life and so I'm going to tell you that sometimes we make decisions that are fueled by these ungodly desires that take us down a path of destruction let's 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 bring it home a little bit. How many of you ever bought something you had no business buying, and it cost you, you know, in the long run? How many you ever bought a car because it smelled good, and then the payment book showed up, and you're like, "Oh God, what have I done?" You with me? So I, I, I'm saying that if if we'll be who God has called us to be, and, and you know, if you were here last week, we talked a lot about how God's word can lead and guide and direct us, and that's what it's there for, by the way. Sometimes these decisions, when they're fueled by the lust for power, lust for possessions, the stuff. Man, I'll never forget, Don and I were just married a couple of years. I was telling Matthew about this this past week, and we bought our first house. I was 20 years old, we bought our first house. And you now this is going to date us, but it was $79,900, our first house, which you can't buy much of a house for that these days, I guess. Maybe you can, I don't know. I, And so it was brand new at $79,000. We thought, oh, cool. And how many of you have ever had a mortgage? Well, remember, you get this little slip in the mail, slip of paper in the mail. It's called the Truth in Lending Disclosure. And it says, if you make 360 payments at this, this is what you're going to pay for this house. And it was like $240,000, and I'm 20 years old, made, you know, like $4 an hour. I know what a stroke feels like. So sometimes we make these decisions. I'm not saying that was necessarily a bad decision. I'm just saying that sometimes we make decisions and it was, it, they're fueled by the wrong thing. They're fueled by this lust for power, for possessions, or for pleasure. See, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. But, but I bet more than one of us in this room have gotten aligned in a relationship that we had no business getting aligned in. And it caused us to make decisions that were destructive. And all I'm saying, what this whole deal about is today is to, is to see this stuff on this side. Because all of us can see this stuff in our rearview mirror. We've all seen it. We've all experienced it. It's happened to, if we were truth, if we were speaking the truth, all of us in this room have probably had those, those attractions, those allegiances that we shouldn't have. And all I'm trying to do today is to get us on, on the front side of that. So we can recognize it when it comes. And recognizing that our enemy wants to steal, kill, and destroy. Aren't you glad that that passage doesn't stop there? That's John 10 and 10, if you're wondering. And the back part of that passage says, but it's Jesus speaking. But I've come that you might have life and have it more abundant. That's what God wants for you. So what I'm going to do in the last part of this is I'm going to give you, I call them Lust busters. See, I, I said that in the prayer room, and, and my son was like, that makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> that's probably not the first time I've made it uncomfortable from that. Lustbusters. Here we go. Number one, control your passions. I'm not a, I'm not one of these preachers that's going <laughs> to talk to you about all the rules, because I've been involved in a legalistic kind of movement before and it was, there's no joy there. Yeah? There's no joy there. If, if everything you do is a sin and, every, and, and it's just, there's just this bondage, uh, there's, just no, there's just no freedom there. But I'm going to tell you that in God's word, there's some guardrails. There's some things that he specifically says you need to stay away from it. And when I say control your passions, I'm saying stay in the lane. If, you know, God's God's talked to us about our, our sexual behavior. He's talked to us about our financial behavior. He's talked to us about our social behavior. He's talking about the way we behave in church. And I'm just saying stay in those lanes. Find out what God said about how to live your life. And stay in that lane. If you're out of the lane, guess what? You're now you have stepped into ungodly attraction. I'm saying if if, if your if your financial life is outside the lane, man, today get a plan to get get it back on track. I'm saying if your sexual life is outside the lane, if you're doing things you're not supposed to do, and looking at things you're not supposed to look at, and having conversations with other people at work that you don't need to have listen i'm telling you that the end of that is destruction get back in the lane control your passions in other words find out what god says about how to live your life and stay there and listen i don't mean to back up to last week but there's only one way to really do that and that's to put your nose in this book And to find out what God says about our lives. And can I tell you, this book is full of how you and I are supposed to live our lives. Principles and precepts from ages past that are just as relevant today as they were when they went pen to paper. So listen. Open the book. Hey, hey, what's this? Every day. There's a period at the end of that sentence. Every day. Well, I don't have time. Then quit something else. Turn off Facebook. It'll give you all kinds of time. Number one, control your passions. Now I'm going to talk to you about you, you OCD people who are taking notes right now. I'm skipping number two so you don't throw things at me. All right, there we go. That was just for y'all OCD note-taking people. So we're skipping number two. Number three is we're, gonna, we're coming back. Don't it's, it's okay, I promise. Reorganize your priorities. And here's what I mean by that. Make a mental list right now of the most important things in your life. Hopefully it looks something like this. My relationship with God, my relationship with my family, my relationship with my business, my relationship with my friends. Hopefully it's something like that. Now, and and simply ask yourself this one question. Does my lifestyle match what I just said in my head? And if it doesn't, then, then we got some work to do on our priority list. If, if the first thing that pops in your head, well, the, my, my priority is my relationship with God. If your lifestyle doesn't match that, then, then we, we've got some changes to make. We're going to talk about that in just a minute. Number three, commit to the plan. I believe God's got a plan for you. I believe God's got a plan. You know, and that sounds so cliche, and we, we hear that so much, and we see it on on Facebook memes, and we see it on bumper stickers that God's got a plan for our life. But listen to me. I genuinely believe that. My first pastor said something to me that was so profound, I thought. He said, Dwayne, the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. In other words, he's going to lead you. He probably won't push you. See, I believe God's got a plan for my life. But whether or not I follow that plan is a choice that I'll make. See, God's not gonna, God doesn't want a bunch of puppets. He wants people that have made a decision to follow Him and to accept His love and to, and to live their lives in response to the cross of Christ. So when I say commit to the plan, I mean commit to that plan. That God's got a plan for you. Commit. Well, I don't know what it is. Well, commit to finding out what it is. Commit to living your life in full response to the cross of Christ. And now, the last one <laughs> I, I made these guys' day because they're, they're going to do something that's going to help us illustrate this last point. All these guys are amazing musicians. And, and, and let me tell you something about great musicians they all like to be heard, it's, it's true. If you come to band practice, here's what you'll never hear one of the musicians say. Hey, turn me down in the monitor. They'll never say that. (laughs) Ever. And so here's what they're going to do. They're going to play some music. And it may or may not be pleasant. I don't know. I have no idea what they're going to play. But they're going to play it for 10 seconds. You ready? Ready? So I'm gonna count them down: three, two, one. They're gonna play for ten seconds, and we'll just determine how how musical it actually is. Are you guys ready? ready. Are you ready? Are you ready over there? You ready? Okay. Mikey is grinning. I'm just telling you, you guys over there are probably in the splash zone. All right, you ready? I'm gonna count you down: three, two, one. If that was the longest 10 seconds of your life, raise your hand. I want to talk to you. See, I knew I couldn't get them to quit. I said, y'all quit when I tell you. And I knew, I knew there'd be one rogue guitar player. Let me tell you why it didn't work. There's no rhythm. And I want to talk to you about rhythm in your life. See, the last thing is renew your pattern. There's this tremendous passage of Scripture in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. It says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. I want you to be aware of the rhythms in your life because you all have them what are the things that you do every day you've got a financial rhythm see some of you guys are like me and are OCD about paying the bill when it, you know at the same time every month making you know and, and, and checking your you know your accounts and making sure that everything's some of, some of you well that, see that's a rhythm and some of you are like check didn't bounce woo <laughs> guess what that's a rhythm some of you are like, you know, it's 10 o'clock and I got to get, get enough sleep or I'm not going to be functioning tomorrow. Um, and, and so you're really good about going to bed on time. That's a rhythm, right? And some of you are like, my eyes are open, the ball game's still on. That, that's a rhythm. See, I believe that we all have rhythm. And see, I used to think that, that what we were searching for in life was balance. And let me tell you, I tried for the first 40 years of my life to find balance, and I never found it. But you know what I am learning? It's that I can find rhythm. And it's different. It's, it's placing those things in my life and making sure that I'm, I'm following the things in my life that are most important to me. Let me tell you why this was just noise because there was no rhythm see even if they're playing the same song if they don't change chords at the same time do you know what you call that discord Mm -hmm. and the reason your life may sound like this band did a few minutes ago is because you're lacking rhythm you're not having and i'm just going to tell you what how i believe god wants the christ followers rhythm to look like in fact jesus said it so i'm i'm just going to use his words he said seek first the kingdom of God, yes. and His kingdom, and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So I'm just going to tell you, man, if if you're drawn away by some, I'm, I'm just going to call you what call it what we called at the beginning of the message by a lust for pleasure, for power, for position. If you're drawn away by some of that, can I tell you, you, you need rhythm. You you need to to. Find that rhythm where you're, you're placing God first and, you're, and you're, you're following him to the best of your ability every day of your life. And here's what, I'm not telling you that you won't ever step outside the boundaries. I am telling you that if you'll do that f- first, you'll find this rhythm in your life where you're, you're serving him, you're seeking him, you're finding him. And, and I don't know, I wish I could tell you how it works, but when, when I put God first, everything else just seems to find its own rhythm when I put God first I'm not going to tell you that I'm never tempted with some of these things that I've talked to you about but when I put God first they have their place I recognize them I'm on this side of them I have a rhythm I have this idea that God is 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 bringing things into my life and God is moving me down a path and, and and can I tell you you can find that if you'll just put him first see i'm I'm afraid that some of you maybe are out of rhythm it, when I'm out of rhythm man. The, the things of the world that the enemy would entice me with get brighter and brighter. Does that make sense? When I'm out of rhythm, when I'm not putting God first, when, when I'm... See, Samson knew he had a plan. But Delilah caught his eye. And I'm telling you, if you put God's plan first, you'll seek Him first. The enemy's going to have to work a little harder to catch your eye. That makes sense? Will you pray with me? Maybe the way I want to ask you this. See, see did, you, did you hear that? Did that music sound a little different than, than a few moments ago? Do you know why? Because there's direction. Because now they're all playing in response to a director. See, Donna told them exactly what they were going to play when I told you to bow your head and close your eyes so when there's a director she sets the rhythm so my question is who's setting the rhythm in your life who's the band director of your world is it you I'm just going to tell you hey, hey that's, that's cool I guess it won't work I've been there I tried doing it my way and it, and I fell on my face if the band director of your life if, if the person setting rhythm is your boss it won't work if it's your spouse it won't work if it's your children it won't work if it's one of these lusts if it's pleasure if it's power if it's position it won't work There's only one way it's going to work. And I know maybe that's not in, you know, we're supposed to be inclusive today. I'm just going to tell you, there's only one way it's going to work. There's only one way the rhythms of your life are going to come into order. And that's when Christ Jesus is the band director of your life. There's only one way that it works. I'm not smart enough to make it work and neither are you. The only way it works, the only way I stay away from these things that, are, that, that the enemy's trying to kill me with is when I put him first and when I follow the direction of the band leader of my life and his name's Jesus. So I'm just going to challenge you today. Who's, who's calling the shots in your world? Who's directing your band? Who's setting the... Who's establishing the rhythms for your life? If it's anybody other than Christ Jesus, if it's anything other than Christ Jesus... I'm just going to tell you because I love you and I care about you and I'm glad that you're here on a Memorial Day weekend. The only way this world makes sense, the only way this, this life works is when I'm surrendered to Jesus. People argue with that and that's fine. But you're here listening to me today and I believe that with every ounce of conviction in my life. The only way it works is surrender to Jesus and I keep saying that over and over because here's what I feel like I feel like there's there, there's people in the room and and you're wavering between a couple of things in your heart in your mind In there's a great portion of you that says Dwayne that sounds so awesome I, I'd love to live a life in full response to, to Christ who's given me direction and has a plan and purpose for my life but you don't understand how strong these allegiances are. You don't understand how I fought hell trying to. Donna said it well. You're in the right place today. I'd like to tell you that this can all happen as a result of your own will. That would be a lie. I would like you to hear ephesians chapter 3 says now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask or even imagine i'm i want you to hear my words today and there's if those allegiances are so strong and maybe it's an addiction maybe it's a habit maybe it's a relationship maybe it's a way of life maybe it's a financial rhythm that you've got caught in that you can't get out of i'm telling you that there's freedom not because you're going to do what I say, but because the Savior of the world has a plan for your life. So if that's you with nobody looking around, if you're here and you say, Dwayne, I, I, I want to. I, I, want, I want to live a surrendered life to, to Christ Jesus. But there's some allegiances in my life that I'm having a hard time breaking. I, just so I know who I'm praying for, just just throw your hand in the air. Amen. 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 Man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray for you. And if, if today is like any other Sunday in any church in America, there, there are several hands that went up and there's several that probably should have. That's cool. I, I want to pray for you today. And I know it's time to go, but I just. Lord, in Jesus' name. Our heart is compelled by the Spirit of God to surrender our lives to Jesus. We've made some bad decisions. And we've formed some allegiances that are pulling us in another direction. We understand that some of those chains can only be broken. Supernaturally, so God I pray that you break chains today as only you can in Jesus name God break chains of addiction break relationships that, that, that are in trouble we got unhealthy relationships habits hang ups hurts You're able to break every chain in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God, I I believe in the quietness of this moment. God, you're doing a work in somebody's heart. And as we leave this place in a few moments, God, I just pray, that this will be more than a, a Sunday morning experience. those that are gathered around this altar and I'd love for you to join them. Maybe some of our prayer team could, could come and help us pray with these that are gathered. Kathy, some of you, you and some of the team could come and help us pray. Hey, listen, we got time for this. Your burgers are away, right?
1: I turn back to pray. When the darkness closes in, Lord, still I will say, Blessed be the name of the Lord, blessed be your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord Blessed be your glorious name
0: Thank you, Lord. God, we understand and we know and we're sure that the Spirit that raised Christ from the dead is alive in us. So when the enemy comes in like a flood, your word tells us that your spirit lifts up a standard against him and so God people are making eternal decisions today life changing decisions about following you and not another allegiance so today God would you just do what only you can do in their life God we don't have the ability to to make things right but you can take all that's broken and put it back together again. blessed be your name Man, I love this verse. Listen. Every blessing you
1: pour out, I turn back to grace. Listen. When the dark.
0: misunderstand if you're here today and and that draw to another allegiance is strong I believe that God's power can break that chain with all of my heart but listen you don't need to walk down that path by yourself isolation is the enemy's greatest tool so listen if if you need help, I'm going to ask you to, to seek it out. Call this office. And if I if we can't help you, I'll make this promise. We'll find somebody that can. Are you hearing what I'm... I'm telling you that if you're struggling, we might not be able to... If we can't help you, we'll, we'll put you in, in touch with somebody that can. You don't need to go through this by yourself. You don't need to walk down this path alone. So... Everything you got today has got our phone number on it. You call this office and we'll do all we can to be a resource to you, to love you, to help disciple you, to help get you through whatever you're walking through. And if we can't help you, we'll find somebody that can. Is that, is that fair? Amen. Amen. Give the Lord praise. Our, our ushers are serving you. So we're going to ask you to give your very best gift. Those of you that have already given online, God bless you. Thank you for what you're doing. I don't know what else to say about that. God bless you. You ought to get on your feet, you got to make awesome, crazy noise for Jesus, and go out with worship in your heart.